Hey folks, Marcus from Heel Toe Automotive and welcome to the Heel Toe Corner Club podcast. This podcast is hosted by myself, Marcus DiSabella. I own HeelToeAuto.com, a hunt and accurate parts specialist that's been online for quite a long time, 21 years now and counting. We're older than Facebook, if you can believe that or not. That's one of my little claims to fame. Although we're not quite that famous, this podcast hopefully will help change that. Uh, we have been serving the Honda and Acura community for such a long time. We've got a great reputation and a great word of mouth for our customers. Um, so we're pretty much uh, mainly getting our, our resources from that word of mouth. So thank you very much. Most of the people listening right now are some of our longtime followers, people who have um, uh, already been aware of Heeltoe for a long time. Uh, so Heeltoe, again, HeelToeAuto.com is the website. We've got a lot of tools and features on there to sell Honda and Acura parts to people who are really enthusiasts. We do um, aftermarket performance parts. We do gray market JDM import items. We also make some of our own things under our own labels, ATLP, Fastline Performance, Medieval Pro, uh, and CT Engineering Icebox Intakes. We're going to be covering those individual brands more in future episodes, but um, what you should know right now is that all those items are underneath the heel-toe umbrella. They're administered, manufactured, produced, and distributed by us, or me, I guess I should say. I'm mostly a one-man show here. I get a lot of help from my wife, Elise, who is um, helping with a lot of the bookkeeping and accounting and things like that, uh, getting vendors paid and whatnot. She certainly helps back up customer service and order processing as needed. My son, Michael, or I call him Aiello also, his middle name is Aiello, um, but he goes by Michael. He works here throughout the summer, so he's been shipping a lot of your packages over the summer. Uh, and then we got the little guy, Mateo, who he'll do a little piecemeal work here and there, assembling hardware kits and things like that. He's 12 and much more concerned about baseball than anything car-related, so... Uh, he helps out too. Uh, I've had a few employees on and off over the years. Currently, we don't have any other than just family members. So when you shop with Heel Toe, you're getting a real family wholesome experience on the back end. It's maybe hard to know and feel that uh, when you're the customer because everything goes through the internet and I've tried to polish out our systems to make it uh, a really clean follow through for fulfillment. So if you didn't know how small we were Manpower-wise, I guess I'm doing my job pretty well. Um, and so here we are, the Corner Club Podcast. This isn't our first episode, but I haven't had a lot of consistency in posting episodes. So that is going to change. Um, here we are uh, most of the way through 2023, and I'm just finding that YouTube podcast is a really great way to connect with you folks. Um, I get buried in questions and answer sessions on the phone and in email. And, you know, honestly, sometimes I have the same conversations repeatedly. And, boy, wouldn't it be better if I could just link somebody to a podcast or, or a video to help answer their questions? Plus, we're finding a lot of discoveries happening on YouTube as well. So, and since YouTube just recently made a feature that basically I can call one of my playlists a podcast, I mean, I can't think of any better time to really just get my act together and create a podcast. Well, actually continue with the podcast that I already created. All right, so why is it called The Corner Club? Well, 
Um, I'd like to think of our customers as maybe not necessarily friends, but members of a club. Because they kind of have to find us through word of mouth or just searching around or, or coming upon something that's exclusive to us, I kind of feel like when customers find us, they've actually happened upon something. And then once you're sort of in with us, you're in with me for good. Uh, I've had people really get um, uh, a long-term buying history with us. We have customers who have been buying from us since the earliest days, back in 2003, 2004. And funny thing kind of happens over time. People get older, and we noticed a lot of dudes who maybe were younger in the mid-2000s and buying stuff for Civics and Integras have sold those cars and moved on to other things and built a family or whatever it is. And now here they are with a, a hot rod that they just picked up in the last couple of years, you know, trying to build an old Integra, or maybe they have a new car like a TL or a TSX that's a daily use commuter because, you know, they're getting gray like me in the beard. And so they find us again uh, so many years later after having exited the automotive market and then come right back into it again. One staple in life is that Heel Toe is here to help you. And we're in your corner. That's kind of like where that corner came from. Uh, it sort of evolved from this, this image that we have. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding up a sticker that is our corner um, mark, basically. It's our uh, corner symbol. Uh, what this is is actually uh, a snippet of a racetrack that we turned into our logo. We used to have a logo that was a sock um, with fingers pointed at it. It was a literal but comical take on, on heel toe, where the sock was in the middle of this cartoony looking box and then cartoon hands were pointing at the heel and the toe and so that was something that people really love a lot. I still make those stickers and distribute them today. This uh, actual picture that we have here, uh, the, the corner icon that we have now, is sort of reminiscent of that same shape of the sock that was used previously. And I got to tell you, it's purely coincidental. We didn't... Um, fashion this to be an evolution of the sock logo, but I'm really happy that it ended up looking like that. Um, what this actually is, is uh, turn 11 at Laguna Seca in Monterey. Uh, comes around and does sort of like a real sharp hook. And uh, this actually isn't turn 11. It's the pit exit, a, a cut of the pit exit at turn 11. And so that's why there's a little bit of a jog in it. It's designed to slow cars down that are entering into pit lane. So we took that imagery and cut it, tweaked it, stretched it, whatever, and turned it into this uh, icon that's supposed to represent motion to a certain extent. But underlying that is the sense that, yeah, you're going through a corner. Yeah, you're, you're doing a performance driving thing, but you're coming in to the pits to meet us, right? Like, I'm not a racer. I'm not even a technician. I, I can wrench on cars and I go to track days, but I'm not the guy who's out there winning races for you on the racetrack. I'm the guy helping figure out uh, what parts we need to get your car back on track or out on the road or whatever it is. If you want to have fun with your car, heel toe is the place that you're going to come to outfit it to get it going. So that's where the heel toe in your corner comes out. You know, you're out there in the ring fighting. We're in your corner backing you up. So if you ever have anything that you need advice or help with, you're certainly welcome to call and ask. You could text. Uh, it'll come right to my phone. That's usually in my pocket or on my desk. Um, 
And I always get back to people. So make sure you leave a message if you do try to reach out to me. Right? So that's heel toe. That's the corner club. That's the corner symbol. Um, and now we get to YouTube, right? Um, YouTube, we have been on YouTube since 2005. And I've really sort of underutilized that platform. I guess I didn't really read how, how big or important it was to be a presence on YouTube. Monetizing wasn't something I even really thought or heard about. We just sort of threw up videos here and there of what an exhaust sounds like or whatever to try to help sell exhaust, to be honest with you. Um, but when, uh, one day we got a email from Google saying like, hey, congratulations, your channel's monetized now. And I thought, it is? Well, as it turns out, cumulatively over time, the handful of videos that we actually created uh, had gotten enough view time and we picked up enough subscribers to actually monetize and I wasn't even trying. Uh, of course, it took a really long time. If you're not going to try it something, it's going to take a long time for it to stick. Uh, but it did. So for the last couple of years, we've been monetized and I thought, well, geez, if I'm monetized on YouTube, maybe we should try to capitalize on this. Let's try to build more of an audience. Let's get in the habit of making some more videos. And to be honest, um, we've done a pretty decent job of coming up with some quality content. But I think the one thing that's been lacking is the consistency. And I don't know that we need to be on a regular schedule, but we need to regularly be posting stuff. And uh, I just haven't. There have been months where I've gone dry. And that kind of rolls back to the one-man show aspect of it. Um, you know, I'm not going to try to have anybody cry a river for me, but um, but the reality is it's just really hard to do YouTube, man. Like, this is tough. It's tough doing podcasts. You got to get organized. You have to have the equipment. And I am fine with all of that. But then the time, the time component is really the, the biggest thing. So I am pledging to you right now that I'm going to really make an effort. We're going to be posting stuff as much as I can. My first thought when I'm going to try to do something is going to be, can I make a YouTube video or podcast about this and then generate that content? So there may be weeks where you get a lot of content. There may be weeks where you don't get a whole lot, but what I'm really hoping is that at least every week you're getting something from me. So you can follow the podcast on popular podcast streaming services, except iTunes. I'm having a really inexplicable time uh, getting, it's been a difficult time getting on uh, to I, iTunes. Um, I've been working with their customer support. It's been months. It's slightly less frustrating than the Facebook hack, hacking issue that we had uh, in the last episode that I posted, the um, the iTunes thing is like, I'm frustratingly dealing with their customer service or their tech support, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And they pretty much just throw up their hands now and they're like, well, we don't know what's wrong. Well, I'm working on it. So uh, at least we're going to be on YouTube with this podcast. We're going to be on, and on basically every other streaming service except for iTunes for now. So... Let's see, what else is on the docket here? Yeah, you want a content? I'm delivering it. Um, and so really, the YouTube, I, I actually threw something up just yesterday that was kind of a quick video to do with my NSX and a road trip that I went on. It's the kind of content that I want to try to do more of. And it's not because I think that you really care all that much about my NSX or my road trip or the tech stuff that I put into it to make the road trip more palatable or manageable. I just kind of want to get in the habit of making videos that are four, eight, ten minutes long 
Because I think that if I'm more in the habit of doing it, I'm more likely to come up on something that you're going to find is really interesting. So that's one of the big problems that I've had is, is who is my audience, right? Is my audience people with TLs or TSXs? Is my audience people that have old Civics and CRXs? Honestly, I think my audience is just people like me. So like all of these Honda cars are interesting at a certain point. What they are, weird stuff about them, how I use them, um, what's good for what. You know, because I don't think it really makes sense to say that somebody that has a CRX wouldn't be interested in, in uh, Accord, 9th Gen Accord content, any more than somebody who likes the TLX Type S stuff that we post may not find interest in an S2000, something that I'll do with Elise's S2000. So I'm going to try to just sort of break down the barriers of what I think you're going to like and just say, hey, if I think that this is an interesting video or if I think that this is good, I'm going to go ahead and either podcast about it if it seems talk worthy or make a video about it if it's something that's really more visual that I think deserves its own video. Um, so that's that's where that NSX video came from. And if you haven't seen it, switch over to the playlist uh, with the NSX stuff in it and see what we did was um, ultimately uh, you'll find out a little bit in the video what we did to make the NSX a little bit nicer as a road trip vehicle by adding some tech features to it. Where we were going was Monterey for Car Week. If you're not familiar, Car Week is a week in Monterey where everybody with all the money in the world lands in Monterey, takes over the city with exotic cars, vintage race cars, uh, all kinds of different cars. Or the, the biggest car events in the world, uh, at least biggest money-wise, are going on there during that week. And it's like all makes and models, cars from all different countries, racing, showing, you know, like luxury, like whatever it is. Um, so that pretty much every major manufacturer is going to have a presence at Car Week, uh, including Acura. And I've gotten pretty good in with the guys at Acura over the last number of years. And so uh, what I try to make it to every year is this reception that they do uh, where they'll have just sort of like a meet and greet with uh, different dealer personnel, uh, corporate executives from Acura. They're all there. Marketing people are there. Uh, you'll run into people uh, who are in the media business. I met Matt Farah last year. Adam Carolla is a regular there. I uh, met Tony Kagora, who is the editor-in-chief of Car and Driver, um, there just uh, last week. So it's really cool to be able to meet some of these folks. Uh, John Nakeda, head of Acura Brand, of course, is somebody who's actually got his feet right firmly in the pavement with us enthusiasts. And what a great guy to have at the helm of Acura, bringing out product that... Um, you know, that basically that we can get excited about. You know, I mean, he's the guy that's pushing TLX and, and that design and the Type S and Integra, Integra Type S. Like all these things are cohesive around brand image that John is trying to create and cultivate. So big shout out to him. And it's he's a really great guy to, to chat with. So if you ever do run into him, don't be shy. Come up, introduce yourself as an enthusiast, and he'll be right there with you. Uh, so... So the NSX has a road trip vehicle. I'll touch on that really quick here. Um, and I hope I'm not going too fast. Please leave me some comments if you like, dislike, or anything about this uh, podcast. I'll probably mostly get those comments on YouTube. So just uh, be mindful about that. I don't quite know at the time where to retrieve messages from podcast uh, platforms. So um, uh, the NSX has a road trip vehicle. You know, you look at it, it's small. It's kind of loud. It's a little tight inside. It's like a cockpit inside there. 
Um, you just maybe wouldn't really think that it would be a comfortable long-distance cruiser. But believe it or not, those chairs that you sit in are really very comfortable. The first thing that I notice every time I get in them is that it's like holding me, but holding me softly, right? It's not like a race seat, but the bolsters are there. It's got give to the material. So uh, Acura did a really great job designing those seats to like keep you comfortable for a long period of time, but also keep you still in the seat when you're doing performance driving. Um, Sure, there's other great cars with great seats like that, but this is the best one I've got. Uh, I did get a little fatigued in my butt uh, just having sat in the seat for so long. I think out of 36 hours, I drove for about 24 of them, and I slept for about six of them. So, uh, you know, there was very little time not driving in that day and a half span of time, or I guess it was almost two days. Um, but the car was actually really not that uncomfortable at all. Uh, I have an aftermarket steering wheel on the car, so the cruise control buttons are not present. And I don't want to get one of those, you know, goofy things to put the buttons back in. I just think that looks dumb. So I'm driving the, you know, 2,000 miles foot to pedal. And honestly, uh, that was fine too. My knee got a little sore at one point, just sort of like from probably from not, not moving. But shifting around a little bit in the seat, very little shifting uh, fixed that. And... Yeah, I mean, I just didn't have any trouble at all. Car tracks straight and goes nice at speed. Um, it felt really great. But but the thing that was really bothering me uh, going into it was like, man, when I picked up this car, my son and I picked up this car in St. Louis and drove it home. It was like three days on the road to do that. We were having a hell of a time with the cassette adapter with the three and a half millimeter uh, cord that plugs into the phone to bring the audio from the phone to the car's stereo system. Uh, it was glitching out. It was just really super annoying. Uh, I had an older Pixel phone at the time that actually had a headphone jack. Now I have a, a Pixel that doesn't have a headphone jack. It's only got the USB-C port. And I thought, man, there's got to be there's got to be a Bluetooth cassette adapter, right? And sure enough, I found one on Best Buy. So I grabbed that thing. Um, I got a phone holder. I actually have some, some extra RAM mounts here and that held the phone perfectly right, uh, in the windshield area. So I could even like poke it to clear messages or make calls while I was driving, uh, and without having it in my hands. And it worked out perfectly. And the last part of the puzzle was charging. I got a little, what's called a nano bit from car and driver, flush mounted, um, USB uh, charger that goes into the cigarette lighter. And I especially like it that it's really small and tight uh, fitting inside the uh, cigarette lighter adapter because the the NSX has a little door that covers the ashtray and the cigarette lighter area. And I wanted to still be able to close that. So something small was required, but I wanted something charged at a high rate too. So this thing is 30 watts of charging in this tiny little thing Go to the YouTube video and check it out. I put a link to it in my signature um, so that you could check it out. But as a USB charger that goes in a cigarette adapter goes, uh, this is the best one I've had. Time will tell to see how long it lasts, but but that thing was was prime. Uh, it was a real life. We could sit, both charge at the same time, my son and I, so it was pretty awesome. So, you know, with the tech thing figured out and the car not being uncomfortable, it actually was a really great road trip vehicle. There's only one problem with going really far long distances with an NSX in, and is that is the trunk area. It's actually at the very tail of the car behind the engine, 
but it's right above the muffler. And man, it gets hot. That, that, that trunk gets hot. We got to Monterey with just enough time to check into our hotel and then freshen up a little bit before we had to run to the reception. And we took out our stuff, our backpacks and our toiletry bags and all that. It was like hot to the touch. Like it had been sitting out in 110 degrees heat uh, all day long. And so I'm changing clothes out of like kind of the uncomfortable sweaty clothes I had on from driving into basically hot clothes. Went to go put deodorant on. The deodorant uh, stick is melting. Um, it's like probably the worst thing about it. So I'd kind of like to think of, I'd kind of like to get some heat insulation there somehow so that it doesn't get so hot. You know, I'd, I'd like to go on some road trip with Elise at some point. Um, but I already know that if her stuff goes up to 110 degrees or however hot it got, you know, it won't be a happy day. So. So anyway, uh, it was a perfect car to have at Monterey Car Week. You know, it's obviously easy to drive around, but the car looks great. It actually fits the environment. And if you've ever been to Car Week, you find yourself driving around just sort of eyes out, looking for the next exotic car that's going to come driving the other way. Well, you know, I'm looking around trying to find other exotic cars, and I'm noticing people are looking at me. And I thought, hey, look, I'm one of the cool guys. Uh, you know, not to sound too dorky about the whole thing, but I've never been to Car Week in a car that other people might want to look at. You know, it's usually in my TSX, which frankly doesn't get that that many looks. Um, not compared to an exotic car anyway. But the NSX holds its own right up in there, and it's just kind of neat having a little bit of having a little bit of status within a crowd of people that's driving around in three hundred thousand dollar cars. It's you know kind of neat and kind of rewarding, and I'm really just loving that car every time I drive it, even more than the last time. So if you have the means, as Ferris Bueller said, I highly recommend it. So uh, let's move on. Let's talk about that Acura event just a little bit. Um, one of the earlier videos on my channel, after I got monetized, I actually went to Car Week to this um, reception reveal and got to see the covers come off NSX Type S which was really great. I actually got like a two minute video capture off of that thing and it went viral. I got more than two million views on that. Uh, I've never gotten anything remotely close to that since then. Um, but then again, I hadn't really seen anything that cool since then either. Uh, we saw a couple of reveals after that. There was the Type S concept. And then after that, um, actually I think the Type S concept might've been the first one I went to, then the NSX Type S. And then last year was the concept for this EV, which was announced as the ZDX. ZDX is carrying over the current design language into electric vehicle that's pure electric, a first for the Honda and Acura brand, actually. Uh, well, first for the Acura brand. Honda's had EVs before, but uh, this is a dedicated EV platform. And of course, it's like an SUV looking thing. And you know, true to what they've been doing recently, what first with the Integra, they're resurrecting the ZDX name. Um, and what was new this time around was it's not a concept. This is actually seems like a prototype vehicle. It's got full interior. It's got all the features. Of course, it's dressed up a little bit. The wheels and brakes are a little big for probably what it really will be. But um, they're branding it Type S. Uh, ZDX Type S is an all-electric SUV. And I think that uh, you know, the more I get used to them calling it a ZDX, I kind of feel like 
this maybe is a rebirth of that car. Um, interestingly, if you do want to try to draw any connection to it, the ZDX the first time around was sort of a groundbreaking car uh, in the sense that it was way ahead of its time. It wasn't super well received when it came out. I think there was that and the BMW X6 that launched around the same time. These um, uh, SUVs come coupes, you know, performance SUV concept, but they're like chopped off at the back. Uh, I just don't know that, that people were really ready for it. But if you find one of those first-gen ZDXs uh, on the road and take a look at it, especially from the rear three-quarter, they've held up really, really well. I think it's a great looking vehicle now, whereas I thought it was weird before. And if I had the opportunity to get one, I might just jump on it. Um, well, that's the old ZDX. This is the new one. And, uh, you know, it's got power for days. I think they said something like 500 horsepower uh, in an all-wheel drive package. You know, people want performance EVs that accelerate like, you know, whatever. Like, it's amazing how fast these electric cars are accelerating, how fast they drive. But uh, it does kind of echo a lot of an actual vehicle. So it's not super spacey right? Uh, I did see some design elements on the ZDX, such as the way the windshield slopes. It's really very raked. Uh, even though it's an SUV sort of body, it's very raked on the top. It almost gives me a sense that this was more of a wagon that's just sort of high, right? Not like a lifted wagon, just maybe high above the belt line. And on the top, it's kind of got like a hard top sort of look. Uh, it's really kind of performancey looking. So, I'm not really sure what they were going there uh, for there, but I think it's come through as, you know, almost sort of like a large, like an SUV version of what a shooting brake might be. You know, uh, a, a wagon, I guess, is just really feels more like a wagon than it does a true SUV because it's not so tall. Um, so I don't know, really take a look at, at some of the design. Don't just look at the headlights and the grill and, oh, it looks like a blah. You know, somebody, somebody said, oh, it looks like an MDX. And I thought, you know, Man, are you even paying attention? It doesn't look anything like an, an MDX, other than it's got a, you know, an Acura badge and it's an SUV. Um, it's pretty annoying to me that people like to do that kind of like flippant, looks like a whatever response. But I don't know. I don't really think so. To me, it looks like a pretty unique vehicle, but it's very approachable. It doesn't look like you're going to be getting into a spaceship. Um, so maybe that's something that people really want to see a spaceship uh, or not. I, I think that it looks departure enough from what any of their other product looks like that it is a standalone unique vehicle um, and it's just not trying to ride the coattails of some other Acura car um, but it's um, you know comfortable looking right it just seems like something that a sophisticated Acura type person might want to get into who still had like a pretense to want to drive their car in a sporting fashion. I think with Type S, it sort of suggests that it is going to have the power and braking capability that you know the brand will want Type S to be associated with, uh, handling all of that. But it suggests to me too that there's going to be a lower level that would be more entry level. So like a regular ZDX would probably have eh, less power, maybe more range, uh, more pedestrian looking wheel and tire package, but probably still look you know, a lot better in terms of like, um, you know, a standard MDX. It would look different than that because it would be a ZDX. Um, whether or not I would get one, I'm not really sure. I mean, I haven't really fully bought into the full electric thing yet. I 
I'm probably the perfect candidate to have one. I drive all of like five miles a day if I'm lucky. Like I only work about a mile away from my shop and I'm typically just going back and forth uh, to there. So, you know, being that I could just, I could probably get a week off of a charge if that's, if that's the case. Um, but I don't know. I just really haven't been too interested in delving into, um, electric vehicles. Maybe if I could get an electric Odyssey or some kind of like electric, you know, cargo, cargo van. But of course it'd have to be a Honda product. So we'll see if they come out with something like that. Maybe I'll be into it. Uh, maybe if Elise is interested in it, we could go to one of them for her. I think that uh, she might think it's pretty cool. Um, she likes SUVs a little bit more than sedans. She loves her TLX Type S, but um, sedan in, in, is a little bit more challenging to get in and out of, especially when we've got the kid who's got all the baseball stuff. Baseball is life, and um, an SUV really is better for that too, or the minivan. So, I don't know. More to come on that, um, and, uh, and we'll see where Acura goes with it. Okay, well... I do really do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen or watch this. Um, I'm going to try to get my shtick a little bit better here as time goes by. I've had a partner in the past. Graham just isn't available to meet with me to do this. And uh, I'm going to roll by myself here. I'm going to try to have a guest every once in a while. I've got a whole list of topics to cover for both YouTube and the podcast. So... I really hope that you'll subscribe and uh, be here for us as we continue to, um, you know, just sort of get the word out about Heeltoe, what we're about, thoughts that we've got, cars that we have, blah, 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 blah. I do so many things that I think that you guys might have any kind of like a fringe interested in just being car people. Um, time will tell. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. And we're signing off. Stay tuned for the next episode of Heel Toe Corner Club and watch out for us on YouTube. In the meantime, buy all your parts on HeelToeAuto.com and have a great day.